Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Uh, we're starting out a, a new series uh, for the next couple of weeks called Out of Order. Um, and um, how many of you would say, or would, you could probably or know this, but all of us are different, wouldn't you say? I mean, we all kind of, you know, we're raised differently. We had different family dynamics. Um, we, had, we all have different jobs. We all think differently at times. We approach things differently. And really, you know, we could go on and on about that. But all of us have like kind of these different rhythms of living and uh, ways that we have kind of... Um, we, we pattern and prioritize our life. And for a lot of us, those rhythms um, and patterns, whether they are good or bad, they just kind of become our natural defaults, right? We just kind of easily slip in to those things because it's the way we've learned it. It's the way that we've, we've kind of grown up. And we've kind of entered into this uh, fall season where things begin to increase in our life. We, we begin to see more things happening. Uh, if you have kids, you've got school, you might have sports, you might have all of these different things and commitments that you're involved in. And what happens is when things begin to amp up, a lot of times we get busy and we also kind of get stressed out and we fall back into those defaults that might not be that good. That might cause us to, to kind of lose some of our focus. That's kind of our first thing that we lean into. And some of those ways, or maybe all of those ways, depending upon your view on this, could be out of order. And we see in Scripture, Jesus is very adamant or, or tells us, hey, I have the way, if you're a Christian, the way you should be living your life in order. See, because a lot of times, like, again, like I said, when stress, pressure comes, we kind of tend to lean sometimes just on ourselves. And we think, I got to handle this. I got to take care of this. But see, Jesus has a different way of, of kind of um, prioritizing and, and developing a pattern in our life so that we would um, kind of uh, develop a new groove, a new way of doing things, or a new maybe default system so that... Um, when the storms come in life, and storms will come, anybody ever experienced a storm? Now, I'm not just talking about a rain or lightning coming, but something in your life that has just been an occurrence or things that have happened that just seem like, oh my gosh, I am in the middle of the boat, and I am like, Jesus, man, come on, right? And what, what we want to at least give you the idea, or at least begin to have you begin to think through the idea of the fact that Jesus wants you to develop a pattern so that when the storms come, you don't fall apart. That, that whatever the groove is, right? Because I, I, I've experienced people when, when, when storms come or the things that they're facing where all of a sudden, man, they are in a, a panic mode or in a decision-making mode that doesn't, is just all over the map, and you want to be able to say, well, well, slow down for a minute. 
Think about what you, you are looking at. Think about what you are, are, are trying to, to process through and in no way, shape, or form not to be holy, you know, the holy guy, but have you brought it to Jesus? Have you met, had him look at this? Have you really just kind of reached out and said, Jesus, what do I do here? Because our default, because we're human a lot of times, is no, I'm taking care of it. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm moving forward. I've, I've run into people, and, and this is not a slam on them or anything, but I've run into people where sometimes they've got opportunities to move. And in that movement, they've, when you ask them, hey, did you talk to, did you, what, what's the Holy Spirit saying to you? What's the Lord saying to you? And they're, and they're like, uh, I didn't ask. I've, I, I just made, we're, we're moving, we're going. Well, have you found a church that you can connect with and, Ah, uh, no. Well, see, there's, there's things where we got to be able to come to the Lord and ask for the direction for his wisdom. Because I, I honestly believe, I am a believer that if I bring this before the Lord, the Lord is going to direct my path. He's going to give me the avenues in which, oh man, that lines up and that lines up and that lines up. Whoa, praise the Lord. But what happens is a lot of times we're out of order and we just decide it all on our own. Because we're calling the shots. I got my agenda. I'm calling the shots. When Jesus is like, hey, over here. And we're just like, no, I got this. And so we want to kind of just look at, 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 at this so that, you know what, when the storms come in our life, we're able to, to tackle this. And so Luke chapter 6 is kind of our main scripture and our theme verse. And just to give you a little context, it takes place at the end of what they call uh, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, where he's telling his listeners, right, and you and I, about how to live as a kingdom citizen. If you have made Jesus Lord of your life, then you are a part of the kingdom. You are a citizen of the kingdom of God. And so we'll pick up kind of at the very end of this, kind of as, you know, uh, Pastor talk, he's landing the plane, Right? Because he's made this big discourse, he's been teaching, he's been talking, and all of a sudden now he's landing the plane with this passage of Scripture in Luke chapter 6, 46 through 49. It says this, But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my saying does them. I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat uh, vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently. That's not a common word. And immediately it fell. And the ruin of the house, listen, was great. The ruin of the house was great. So our title today is simply, Come to Me, right? Taken right out of this portion of Scripture. Come to me. He says this, but why do you call, we'll, we'll, we'll start here. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Now, here's Jesus. He kind of starts it off with a question, but it's not really a question. It's more kind of a statement. And really, it's one that all of us must wrestle with in our lives. Right? He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? 
Now, that's part of what I love about Jesus, especially when you're reading Scripture. He's right up front, right? He, he's not the guy who's going to... He, he probably would fail church growth 101, right? Because he's just right up in front. He's right in your face. I'm asking you a question, right? Because church growth 101 would probably be, man, soften that. Make it a little bit easier to navigate with the person. Instead, Jesus has said, hey, man, what's the deal? Why do you call me Lord? Lord, and do not do what I say. So this is a fundamental question. Wouldn't you agree? For every human being must answer this question. Eventually, somewhere down the road, you are going to have to answer this question on whether or not you're going to submit their life to God. Submit to his rule and his reign over their life. Because as a Christian, you can't receive Jesus as Savior and reject him as Lord. You just can't. There is nowhere in the Bible that backs that up. You have to do both. You have to make Jesus Savior and Jesus Lord over your life completely. Right? And, and, and the word Lord has this meaning. It's the one to whom a person belongs or the one who has deciding power in one's life. So they're master, they're the ruler, they're the boss. And here's the key to understand. You're not. Okay? So when Jesus is saying that, he's saying, hey, why you say this, but you keep being the ruler of your life. Why? Why do you keep being that ruler? And so this, that's just kind of the level that Jesus needs to be at in our life right? It's, it's allowing Jesus to be in charge of our life every single day. Every, everything that we walk into, Jesus. Now, I'm not saying you, you're, you know, you, you're, um, what is that? You're uh, so spiritual that you're no good. I'm not saying that. But there is a humbleness. There is an ability to walk with Jesus every single day, every moment of your day in submission to him. Simply, Jesus, walk with me today. Walk with me with what I'm doing. I'm going to Walmart right now. Jesus, would you just come with me today to Walmart? I'm going to the dentist today. No one likes the dentist, right? Would you just be with me today as I'm walking right into this moment? Hey, I'm going to work today. Can you help me and be with me? That's what I'm talking about. It's actually inviting him into your life. This is what a theologian named Abraham Cooper said. He said, this is not an inch of any, there is not, sorry, there is not an inch of any sphere of life over which Jesus Christ does not say mine. Think about that. If we are truly making him Lord of our life, every inch of our life, every part of our life, he's saying mine. It's mine. But why do we buck against the system? Why do we say, oh yeah, no, I'm saved. But man, when it comes down to it, it's not yours, Jesus. It's mine. It's mine, all mine. So that's why Jesus is asking this question. 
if we are allowing him to be the one who leads and guides our life. Are we truly doing that? That's how he starts this thing. That, I mean, that right there, you could probably stop right there and walk out and go, man, I might need to take a look at that. I might need to kind of think that through a little bit more. But see, he wants to be our shepherd, right? We've learned this over the last uh, couple of weeks, that he wants to be the shepherd of our life. But the thing is, is that we act like we're the boss. We act like, you know, I, hey, I'm going to call the shots. I'm going to establish my own standards. I'm going to kind of follow my whims and my emotions and however that goes. And all I want to do is kind of be happy with what I, I decide to do. When sometimes Jesus will lead you into tough spots, right? Because there's nowhere in the Bible that says it's about rainbows and lollipops when you follow Jesus. Nowhere. There are going to be times when you're going to have to walk into situations or into storms, but if you have this, 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 this ability to, to come to Jesus regularly, then you, know, you have an ability to walk into the storms. Even if it's not your own storm, but your best friend's storm. And, and bring peace to the situation. Remember that? Jesus said, peace, be still. And what happened? The storm stopped. But see, that's, that's us daily walking side by side, asking and, and going to him, and then asking him to come with us. But see, what happens is, you know what? When we just kind of like live our own way, then you know what? Basically what kind of he's saying is, you're ignoring me. You're, you're, just, you're just putting me off to the side. And that's what makes your life out of order. When you ignore Jesus, when you ignore the Holy Spirit, Okay, and so I'm just going to admit, I've done that before. I've ignored the Holy Spirit at times. And, I, I, and I've had to walk through the circumstances of that. But see, that's where we want to get to a point where, you know what? We're, we're not people that are ignoring. We're people that are humble enough to say, I need you. I can't do this without you. So speak, lead, guide, direct. And then we're very, very um, just on it as far as being able to, man, I'm stepping right into it. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not letting all that other stuff get in the way because I know who I'm connected to. I know who my anchor is. And then and this, this is what he says in, in, in verse 47. He, he tells us kind of now how to correctly order our lives. Are you ready for it? Oh, come on now. You ready for it? Okay. Verse 47, it says, Whoever comes to me and hears me and hears my sayings and does them. Right? So that you're not the out-of-order vending machine, kind of. Right? Don't you hate that? Like you're like, oh, man, I need to get something from the vending machine. You go down, it's like, are you kidding me? The light's on. I can see all the stuff. But here it is right here. He's telling you, here's the order. If you want to be in order in your priorities, in your planning, and all of the things that you're going to do with me, here are three key things. In order to prioritize and pattern your life so that in that season, in those rough seasons, you can walk right through him. So it says, first, you are to come to him, hence the title of this message, right? Second, 
We are to hear his words, and then we are to do his commands. But again, so many of us are out of order because we're running the show. We're thinking, no, I got this. I can do it. You know, and then what happens is when we get into trouble, then we go to him. You ever done that before? I'm raising my hand, right? Because we ask him, oh, come on, Jesus, kind of like be my safety net. I'm falling. Or Jesus, be, you know, a helicopter Jesus and swoop in and save the day. But see, that's how we can't live our lives. Right? And if you feel like that really does describe how you're living right now, what's so great about it is Jesus is, it, 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 it's so cool to me because there's, this is an unending invitation. Right? You can change at any moment, at any time. Because you, you, it's not natural, I would say. To, 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 because of our flesh nature, because how, who we are, um, without Christ, it's very natural for us to get in the mode of just doing it all ourselves and things like that. But when we become Christians, now we've got to kind of change that. We should be changing that. That should be already part of the process that we're walking in. And so we've got to kind of fight this natural urge to do it or lean on our own like Proverbs said, lean on our own understanding and then be able to say, no, I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. And in fact, what I'm going to do is I'm going to come to him and in all my ways, I'm going to acknowledge him. And guess what? He's going to direct my path. Man, that's good stuff. But that takes faith, doesn't it? And that's part of growing our faith, developing our faith to come in, into alignment. And, and we have to understand too, like I said, it's not easy, but see, we live in an upside down kingdom, right? Because according to the world, they live right side up. But we live in an upside down kingdom because you know what? Everything we do is anti-world in a sense. You know, but the Bible says the first shall be last and the last shall be what? First, that's upside down. Right? We're taught in culture, hey, if you didn't win, what's that Ricky Bobby phrase? Um, yeah, if you ain't first, you're last. Right? Thank you very much. little pop culture there for you. Right? <laughs> Thanks. Um, but, but that's how we're raised. But see, the, the kingdom is, no, 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 it's about humility. It's about being humble. And you know what? Even if you don't come first, don't worry. Don't worry about it because I'm going to make sure that you are rewarded because he's a loving God. He's a caring God. And so again, he gives us kind of these ingredients. And he says, whoever comes to me and hears my saying and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundations on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against the house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. Who is the rock? Jesus, right? Jesus. Which leads us to our, our, our first point. Jesus invites you and I to come to him. Okay? Now, there is a difference in a demand and an invitation, wouldn't you say? 
right? I didn't demand that my wife, Heather, marry me. I invited her, right? And some might go, why did she do that, man? Maybe he did demand her to do that, right? Because I, I, I'm, not, I'm not perfect, man. I'm, I got my issues. <laughs> you, you, you laughed a little too hard there. <laughs> oh, well, it's true. It's true. So even though Jesus is Lord, right, um, he, he commands his disciples to do certain things, but for every one of us, becoming his disciple is based on his invitation, right? Once, once you're a disciple, there's some things he's going to say, hey, I, I'm going to need you to do. But at, right at the very beginning, though, he's like, hey, here's an invitation for you to walk with me, to talk with me, right? To, to, to kind of navigate life with me. And we know that in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his, uh, his only begotten son, that who shall ever believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. See, God loves you more than you can even possibly know, right? And that's why he gave his son to die for us. I, I love that scripture, right? And it's probably the most famous scripture in the world because the invitation is in the scripture. If you, if you would just believe, and then there's other parts of Scripture that there's invitations that, that God and Jesus extend to us. But it's always a matter of whether or not we will receive the invitation. For example, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. This is what Jesus, Jesus, he says this. He says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lonely in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, Jesus invites us to come so that he can do for us what, we're, what we can't do, right? What we're incapable of doing, especially when we're living out of order with him, right? When we're living out of order for him, man, there is so much weight so much pressure, so much stress, so much anxiety, all of these things. But then Jesus gives us this beautiful portion of Scripture. And he says, come to me. I think he's saying the reason why you're feeling all of that is because you lack coming to me. You don't come to me. That's why he said it, I think. He said, no, no, if you would come to me, I'm just going to tell you, there is something about then what the Holy Spirit can begin to do in your life where all of a sudden all that stress and all that care and all that worry and all that anxiety all of a sudden begins to lift because you're connected to your shepherd and your shepherd cares about the sheep. And it might not be like all of a sudden gone and you're just like, yeah, this is great. But what it might be is over periods of days where all of a sudden you start to feel this lift where, 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 where the Lord is speaking to you and, and, and beginning to navigate and show you kind of where that is. But see, we have to choose to go to him, right? We have to choose to, to accept the invitation. And then what's cool about it too is, and I kind of alluded to it a little bit, is that you will find rest. He promises that. How many could use some rest sometime? Right? I'm not talking about a nap, right? Because we could all use a nap, 
right? And, and if you've got young kids, you're probably like, amen, brother, preach it. But you know what? Just hit rest. That ability to be able to be, um, like, like the word um, translates to, to be rest- have restored strength, to be revitalized, to be refreshed. Because he wants to refresh you. He wants to strengthen you. You know why? Because he also wants you to bear fruit. To bear fruit for your kingdom. Because really that's what we should be doing. We should be able to look at our lives and be able to say, what kind of fruit am I bearing? If I am stressed and I am just, uh, just who knows what's going on in our mind. But all that stuff, you know what that does? That like hinders your ability to, to, to produce fruit. It just does. You, you pull some of that stress off, guess what happens? And, and, you're, and you're spending time with him, all of a sudden, fruit begins to develop. Right? It begins to pop, 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 pop. Right? I know that's kind of a weird example, but you get, you get the, the point. You start producing this thing. And, and it kind of correlates with what John 10.10 10 says. It says, I, right, that's Jesus, have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And he says this just before his whole Good Shepherd passage. He's saying like, hey, think about this, right? I am the shepherd, the good one, meaning there's no one like me. There's no one who will ever compare to me. But I want to make sure that you are full, that you have, uh, you're full of freedom. You're full of peace. You're full of life. You're full of joy. But see, we first have to come to him. That's the key. That's the very first thing. Then, the second point is, coming to Jesus is, is first a matter of the heart, okay? It's a matter of the heart. So we can say, okay, gotcha, Pastor Scott. I'm supposed to come to him, right? But if our heart isn't set right, eh, I don't know if you're fully, fully getting the fullness of God's love for you. He, he's going to love you no matter what. But there's something about our heart being set right. Uh, I found this quote. It says, the heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. And that, for some of us, might be it, right? Our coming has to do with surrendering, right? Our, our coming has to do with us being willing to be uh, humble, to recognize that without him, we are nothing. It's prioritizing in our heart what I, this is, now Paul, Paul says this, and um, I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't even realize he actually took this from a secular view, but it's in Scripture, so it's still good. And so what he says is this, for in him we live and move and have our being. What? Can you honestly say that about yourself? Going back to that Lord, Lord thing, in him I live, I move, and have my being. Man, that just displays, you know what? There is a constant dependence upon God in our life. We have to have it. Our hearts have to be settled. 
that God is the source of our life. He is the leader of our movements. He is the one who upholds us, sustains us, directs us, all of these things. We've got to realize it's not based on our abilities and how cool we think we are and how you know we've got all of this stuff and we can figure everything out. No, no, no. It's all about if I have given my life to Jesus as my Lord, as my, my leader, then I have to recognize it's all about him and not about me. Because I think sometimes, you know, when we live that way, where we're just calling the shots, doing our own thing, doing all these things, um, and, and really the priority is you over Jesus, over your relationship with God, right? I, I think that's where Jesus views this as kind of you being a hypocrite. I know that's kind of a harsh word, but I think that's how he views it because, you know, he's looking even at the Pharisees and the Sadducees and they were like doing all the right things, but their heart was far from God. And it's like he would call them, man, you brutal vipers, you hypocrites. Well, I think in some ways we might live our lives when we're out of order, kind of like hypocrites, like where we're like, oh yeah, God's cool, God's great, awesome, you know, who do we appreciate? But then when it comes down to it, we're not connecting with him at all. We're not coming to him at all, right? This is the, so this is what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 15, verse 8. He says, these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Oh, man, may that never be something that Jesus says about any of us, Right? I mean, I would at least think so. Because we, we, can, we can dress the part. We can look good. We can come to church. We can raise our hands. We could, uh, yeah, I'll sing, I guess. You know, I don't sing good. Yeah, whatever. All that stuff. And leave. But God's like, Jesus is like, man, but your heart is far from me. You're missing the whole point. Your heart has to be connected. Connected to me. Jesus was asked, which is the greatest commandment? This is what he said. Love the Lord your God. Now, this is in the Passion Translation. Love the Lord your God with every passion of your heart. Every passion of your heart with all the energy of your being, which is your soul, and with every thought, that's your mind, that is within you. So you have to posture your heart in humility every day and come to Jesus and just say, I need you. I'm desperate for you. I need you to fill me. I need you to lead me. I need you to guide me. I don't want to make a decision that I don't at least bring to you and I feel impressed that you're leading me in. But that takes work. Jesus, I'm not the big deal. You are. Have you ever said that to him? <laughs> Think about that. Jesus, I'm not that big of a deal. I'm not, I'm not the bag of chips, right? Or all that in a bag of chips. I'm not, man. You're the big deal. You're the, the thing I desire the most. You're the thing I'm asking, right? So for maybe for some of us, man, some of us might need heart surgery. Some major, some minor, right? But I think in some ways even, you know, I, and I love it because when sometimes when you put this stuff together, I, I'm just going to throw myself under the bus, man. The Lord's speaking to me too. 
It's not just me like, hey, all right, this is going to be good for them. No, he's like, you know, got the biggest finger pointing right at me. And there's areas where I'm looking at it and thinking, okay, Lord, yeah, maybe, ooh, ouch. Yeah, that, that, that sounds kind of like me. But see, what we have to do is allow the Holy Spirit to begin to, to open up our eyes, begin to kind of speak to us, and maybe, you know, begin to share with us, what is this all about? Where am I at? But here's the great thing about it. No matter where you're at, he never walks away from you. Never. He doesn't turn, ah, you're, man, you're just useless. No. He's like, come on. I got a plan. I love you deeply. And you know what? If we would just kind of put this in, back into proper order and you would begin to come to me more frequently, then you know what? Oh, man, it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Those things that are in your heart, those desires that are in your heart, oh, man, let's go after them. Henry Nouwen once said this. He said, Jesus has to be and become ever more the center of my life. It is not enough that Jesus is my teacher, my guide, my source of inspiration. It's not even enough that he is my companion on the journey, my friend and my brother. Jesus must become the heart of my heart, the fire of my life, the love of my soul, the bridegroom of my spirit. He must become my only thought, my only concern, my only desire. That's powerful when you think about it. So we have to posture our hearts correctly when we come to him. And the final point is coming to Jesus is then a matter of practice and priority. Matter of practice and priority. Now, the Bible says this in Luke chapter 6, verse 45. It says, for out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks, right? Meaning, meaning us. And if we pair that with James chapter 3, we can see that what we speak, right, our heart follows, right? Not only does it come, our heart say that, and then we speak it, but I think in the same realm, once we speak it, what happens? A lot of times our heart follows it. It goes after it, right? So you, you could say, um, out of the abundance of your heart, your life is lived. Meaning you really, you don't, some, sometimes you really don't have to, um, you don't need people to tell you what the posture of their heart is. Because all you have to do is listen to them. All you have to do is, is, is see how they pattern and prioritize their life. That gives you a window to be able to tell kind of what's going on in them. How are they living their life? How are things, when, when, when um, and, and there are times when maybe you're talking to people and, and, and you think, and they're Christian, but man, everything that's coming out of their life has nothing to do with goodness of God. Jesus is, is, is my, my shepherd. It's everything else. And, and then when you try to throw in the spiritual card, hey, have you taken this to Jesus? Have you read the Bible? Have you found out what it says? Uh, no. Come on, right? It just kind of oozes out of them, like what their priorities are and what, the, what those things are. And so, you know what? We have to be able to, to understand that, that in that, we've got to be people that begin to practice coming to him 
begin to practice the things that we hear, begin to practice the things that, that we do, right? Because, you know, there's people who say, oh, you know what? Church is important. Church is really, really important to me. But let me tell you, let me give you kind of a, a statistic here. Here's the reality of it, though. People only show up to church 37% of the time. But you talk to Christians, church is important. It's great. But why are you only showing up 30% of the time? Now, that's not you guys, of course, right? Right? I don't want anybody looking at me like, ah, come on. But, but understand, if we showed up at our job only 30% of the time, are we going to still have a job? No, yet our job is important to us, so what? We're there every single day that we need to be there. But when it comes to church, we're kind of lax. If we took a test and we got 37%, if my kid got a 37%, that's unacceptable. We would say, hey, that, that, that's not working, bro. Too much Xbox or whatever it is. Yeah, my kid plays Xbox. Okay, but, but too much. We got to change that. But see, when it comes to church, oh man, it's, it, uh, I just don't feel it today. You know what? It looks like it might rain. Oh, I need to stay home. Or, you know, this, this, this is what's going on. And so it's, it's just kind of this, this idea. We have to begin to understand that, you know what? We've, I don't understand why it's acceptable for that to happen in our, if we're Christians. We're at whatever church you go to. Just go to a church, right? But see, when we're, 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 we're only coming 30% of the time, then that shows kind of where our priority is. That shows kind of where our priority with our relationship with Jesus is. Right? And oftentimes it's just we've bought into the lie. We're first. I'm first. Everything comes kind of after me, whatever it is that I want to do, whatever's going to make me happy, whatever the order that I want. But see, we can change that. We, we really can. Um, you know, there's that saying, you know, you get into the gravity of the groove, right? Basically meaning that, you know what, you, 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 once you're in your pattern, you just kind of keep going and it just keeps drawing you there and drawing you there and drawing you there. Well, you know what? It's time to like, you know, like a record, it's time to just scratch, scratch, scratch the whole record. Scratch your record, right? Don't just keep doing the same things over and over again. Actually, Scratch the record, start back at the beginning and say, all right, man, at the beginning, it's me and you. At the beginning, it's, it's me coming to you because I know that I need you. But man, we've got to posture our hearts daily and recognize that we need him. And so there's a couple, couple things that we can do that's just very practical. And you probably have heard this time and time again, but you know what? It's good to hear again and again and again, because sometimes we don't practice it, right? So what are some practical ways to come to Jesus? One is just spending time with him daily, right? Taking time each day to go to him and to pray and to read our Bible and, man, journal, right? I don't, some people, that's hard to do, but at least try, Make an effort to do that because sometimes you can go back and look at your journey. I said that. God said that to me. Wow. But that's part of the, part of the growth process of writing down what he's saying. Right? It's coming to him and saying, man, Jesus, I need you. 
right? Fill me up with your spirit. Help me today as I, as I go. Teach me your ways. Um, I don't know. I'm a Mandalorian fan. I'm like a Star Wars geek, but mostly because of my kids, right? And, and the Mandal- Mandalorian, they have the saying, it is the way or something like that. This is the way. Yeah, thank you. All right. All my, all my millennials or whatever, like, come on, Pastor Scott, get it right. Right? But they say, this is the way. And, and it keeps coming to me like, that's, as a Christian, man, I should be kind of saying that too. Hey, this is the way. This is the way I live. This is what I do. Right? The second is creating an atmosphere where God is always welcome in our everyday lives. Right? Remember, we, we did a, a little study that, that, that said God comes where he's wanted. And we looked at that scripture, James chapter 4, verse 8. Right? This says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Right? James chapter 8 kind of just gives you that whole idea. But God comes where he's wanted. So are you creating opportunity for God to come, to be there? You're coming, Right? And when you come, then you're creating this opportunity for him to be able to come. So, you know what? That might be, what, putting on worship music. That might be listening to teaching, right? And, and, and it's going to consist of this. Removing any garbage, any content, anything that the Holy Spirit lays on your heart to say, hey, you know what? You need to remove that from your life. Now, it might not be for everything, right? He might say, hey, can you not watch Netflix for a whole month? You're asking me, what? I'm not saying that's what you got to do, but I'm just saying, he might say that. So then we have to choose. What am I going to do? Would you not listen to that? Whatever that may be. But see, those are things we have to surrender. And then the next thing is just uh, prioritizing godly community. Right? Prioritizing godly community. Like, coming to church, doing church things. You know, way back in, well, I wasn't born in the 50s. At least I wasn't. I know I wasn't. But, but, but I think at the time, <laughs> that sounded weird. But, but at that time, I think if I remember right, church was the hub, right? Everybody did everything with the church. And now you get to 2023, and a lot of times the church ain't the hub no more. It has slowly slipped away. Well, why, aren't, why won't we be the revolution that says, nah, church is the center thing. This is the hub of everything that I, I, I focus on and I'm doing, right? And, and that doesn't mean you can't, you got to take your kids out of sports or anything like that. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, man, when church is on or church is happening and something's going on, get here, right? Get here. Be a part. Build community with people, right? Don't be the 37%. Raise it. Raise the level, right? So we'll wrap up right here. The the simplicity of the message is, is just come to him. He says it in Scripture come to me. And I don't know where you land today. You, you might say, well, I'm doing pretty good in that. But I, you know, I'm going to challenge you because I think there's always levels that we can go deeper and deeper with him. 
we can, we can step deeper and deeper into this relationship with him. And so don't push it off and say, I'm doing okay with that. Ask the Holy Spirit. Ask the Lord, Lord, what, what more can I do to come to you? What more can I do to just spend this time with you? And he might say, well, I want you to increase by five minutes your, the time that you have with me already. Man, that should be easy, right? He might say, man, yeah, we really haven't been spending much time. So can we do 10 minutes together every day? Uh, you know, baby steps. It, you know more than I know. But, but, but we want to just be able to get us to the point where we, we first recognize, man, we just need to start coming to him on a daily basis. We need to keep being humil- humble before him and say, Lord, it's all about you, not about me. And so bow your heads for me. And I just want to pray this prayer over you as we close. And before I ask Corey to come back up. Holy Spirit, you know everything about each one of us in this room right now. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to each one of us. Wherever we are at, you know exactly where we are at. And if we are doing fine in coming to you, then I I pray for those that that their heart would be drawn to more, more of you, more of coming to you, that there would be an increase in their life. Lord, if there are those who are middle of the road, it's spotty, it's sometimes back and forth, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not, then, you know, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to their hearts as well and allow them to to, to begin to establish a, a, a routine, a pattern that prioritizes you every single day. And Lord, even with those that maybe say, man, I got nothing. I'm not coming to him. Then Holy Spirit, I thank you that you would reveal that to their hearts as well and you would help them to take the steps. Maybe it's five minutes a day. Maybe it's 10 minutes a day. Whatever that is that would work in in that relationship with you, I ask that you would lay that on the hearts of our people so that, Lord, we're not living out of order, but we're living in a right order that first comes to you, that is desperate for you, that, that, that desires you at all levels of our life, not just on, a, on Sunday, but in every detail of our life, we desire you to move and have your being in us because we live with you. And so I thank you what you're going to do, Holy Spirit. I thank you that you're going to speak to each one of our hearts. I thank you that this week we we would actually take steps to come to you. Maybe for the first time, maybe for the hundredth time, whatever it is. I thank you for moving on our hearts this morning. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.